Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Sometimes sports are just better when the bad guys are starting to compete. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. You might not want to hear it, but I'm telling you. Even if you're not a golf fan, the Masters was more compelling than it's been in quite some time because you have good guys and you have bad guys. And the bad guys nearly found a way to upend the good guys. And you know what that is? Good theater. This new era of golf, and I'm a fleeting viewer catching mostly majors, I'm telling you, that, that's good theater right there. Long live PGA Tour versus live golf. That's my takeaway from the Masters. Ken Levick alive on a Monday here on ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and on your smart speaker and a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. Downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers off of the actually fairly comfortable, still stinky, Intracoastal. Stolen Bandwidth, Friday Night Lights, Radio Life Partner. He runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. And from his humble abode in West Palm Beach, he's a bit under the weather. But he is here in his regular Monday spot from WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, Theo Dorsey. You feeling okay, buddy? I'm I'm getting there, dog. I'm getting there. I'm still uh, a little congested, but at the end of the day, man, I'm just happy to be back talking with the fellas. Man, it is good to hear from you. Good, good, good to hear from you. And so uh, I, I am curious, first things first, Theo, how much of, of the Masters did you watch yesterday? Actually, a lot more of, of golf than I probably would have, like a lot more of the Masters than I would have typically, even starting on Thursday, because I've kind of just been kind of shut in the house. So it's been on, but I haven't been actively watching it. And a lot of crazy stuff kept happening. I kept on, like, being, like, you know, doing other things and looking over at the TV, like, oh, is Brooks Kepka about to win this thing? Like, So when you have, when you have Brooks Kepka, and I was – and, Stone, you remember on Friday, I was, I was all in on the thought of Brooks Kepka winning the Masters. You were? Local guy. And is he my favorite? Mm, not really. Is he anybody's favorite? Not really. Is he his own favorite? Probably not. <laughs> um, but I, I found it compelling that this guy had a chance to win the Masters. I liked the thought of it. I liked uh, after seeing all of the, the, the problems he went through last year that were documented on that documentary. What's the net? I always forget the Netflix documentary. Full swing. Full swing. To see him back to see him playing, to see him competing for majors again, there's just something about him that keeps me coming back. Maybe it's because he is just all around sort of miserable. And I sort of, I feel him. I feel him like that. Because I can tend to be fairly miserable every second of every day as well. I feel that man, okay? Um, but what ended up happening is that Brooks Kepka, yes, he fell short. Losing to John Rahm. John Rahm with an exceptional Sunday finishing up about 75% of his third round and then doing John Rahm things and powering his way through that final round yesterday into the evening hours and picking up the victory. Brooks Kepka had to claw and scratch for a second-place finish. But what happened is Brooks Kepka not only showed that he is back in the championship golf picture after numerous injuries and the issues he was going through and the lack of confidence and and uh, losing what he thought was his ability to compete for majors. It also showed that Live Golf, this breakaway Saudi finance dirty money tour, Live Golf is actually more than capable of putting its players on a major stage and competing. It's no longer guys who are washed. Because guess who finished top five? Phil Mickelson, who's everybody's punchline, who finished eight under. He was the leader in the clubhouse for a while. 
that guy who couldn't do anything the last two years, three years. He hasn't really competed on live golf. And here he is. And he had a legitimate chance to win the Masters. And so through all the ridicule and all the, oh, live golf only plays 54 holes and it's for washed golfers who just took the money. They can't compete anymore in the majors. It's why they took the money. Kick them out of the majors. It's only for the best players in golf. Only for the best players in the sport. And all of them reside on the PGA Tour and on the DP World Tour. They do not reside in live golf because all of them are just money grubbers who are grabbing Saudi blood money. Turns out, Live Golf still has dudes who can win majors. <gasps> Gasp. And this is a good thing because nobody wants to see good guy against good guy. Sports is truly like pro wrestling. Good guy versus good guy doesn't do anything for me, okay? I don't want to see John Rahm versus Rory. The quality of play will be excellent, but I know those two guys will go and grab a beer and they like each other. I want to see guys in golf, and sorry to the old school uh, golf is a gentleman's game component that live here in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast, but that's the old days. I'm ready for the new age of golf where these guys don't like one another, where these guys are on battling tours. These guys have different outlooks about how they're going to make their checks, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. I like good versus bad. I like, I like babyface versus heel. Sports are better when there's that, when there's an evil empire. And damn it if the evil empire almost didn't usurp the good guys at the Masters, and it made for damn good theater. That was a win yesterday. That's why that was the biggest sports story of the weekend where there's a ton of stuff going on because it turned into good versus bad, and bad almost beat good. That is great for golf, whether you like to admit it or not. Yeah, it turned into good versus bad. It turned into, hey, pick a side. Here, you, you can't play both sides when it comes down to Brooks Kepka and John Rahm. And I think the headline that is most satisfying for a lot of people is three guys from the opposite tour, Live Golf, finished in the top five. Right? You had the 52-year-old Phil Mickelson who ended up shooting seven under yesterday. Seven under, the 52-year-old did, to finish in second. Patrick Reed, a top five finish as well, shot four under on the day. Now, seeing that guy get embarrassed and lose <laughs> is a good thing for me. Patrick Reed is just a bad dude, so bad that I don't want him to win anything. Right, but when he comes on your screen, you're like, screw this guy. I do have a visceral reaction to him. You're right. And I that, like to root against him. And, and to your point, that's, you're right. what, that, you're right. that's what you're it's right. like in the WWE. It's like, oh, God, yeah. here comes this guy. And that's all part of the game now. So if this is what golf has become, especially the majors, one, I think the viewership numbers are going to be skyrocketing. I think we're going to see a number that we like. And, yeah, it was good for the game. Everybody enjoyed it, right? You had, I feel like, 80% of the people out there rooting for John Rahm, and then the other 20% of what I can call us were rooting for Brooks. We wanted to see the world get shaken up and see this guy come through. It was a really good four or five hours of my day because, yes, of course, I watched from the very first tee shot. To the very last putt. Even if you're a casual golf viewer, and again, that's me. I'm a casual. Theo, you're a casual, right? You're a, a casual I'm, golf I'm guy. like a step below casual. <laughs> I wouldn't even call myself you're, a casual. Like I'm a step below casual. You're intermittent at that spot. <laughs> Put it to you like this. If the Masters wasn't on ESPN, like especially Thursday, Friday, uh, there's no way that I would have been even aware that. I knew what was going on, but I had so much going on this weekend, I wouldn't have been locked in at all. So, no. So, so it, I, I'm not off base, though, when I say that that sports are better when there's a good guy and there's a bad guy. And it's what drives me crazy about how sports has become so player-centric sometimes. People like Stone, the Gen Z types, who are fans of players as opposed to teams. Because it was very easy for me growing up as a kid to hate the New York teams. Growing up in Chicago, hate the New York teams, hate the Boston teams, hate all the... These are my teams. These are my clubs. These are my squads. It's easy to go ahead and just hate these, these other, uh, other teams, sports are better. Even golf, gentlemen's game, handshake, tip your cap, uh, all that stuff. Golf, golf is going to be inherently better if they embrace this good versus bad PGA versus live. No, I would. I mean, I just didn't realize how much people hated the live golfers. Hated. Like, is there really that much visceral? There is. Like, why are we Brooks? I don't know. There is because of the it's it's the Saudi money aspect. And so suddenly everybody becomes a moralist 
Um, uh, when did when America's convenient. money get that much better? Uh, no, you're right. You're right. America's <laughs> money isn't much cleaner. You're exactly right about that. Um, but but uh, there there is a a massive component of golf fan who thinks that uh, taking this Saudi money and it is sport washing. I mean, Saudi Arabia is absolutely trying to make itself look better, look positive uh, by presenting sports while they uh, are are hacking away at New York Times journalists and really uh, turning their back on anything remotely democratic it's 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 it is dirty it is gross but again it is very hypocritical of us in the united states to be saying saudi arabia their money live golf that is uh, a violation of the moral senses well well we're not we're not uh, you know significantly better from that spot but also too it, we, we have all these boxing matches that are done in the Middle East. When we have all these sporting events that are done in the Middle East, and Qatar has its own uh, DP World Tour event that all these PGA guys go to, and all these appearances, and the Saudis bring in people, but all of a sudden, this is where we're drawing the line. So it's very, it's very selective outrage. So yes, it is very good guy versus bad guy. People who have their morals intact against those who are selling out to the Saudis, and that's how we've gotten to this point. But I think... As, as difficult as it's been for the PGA Tour and Rory McIlroy, and uh, uh, he's been the face of the PGA Tour, and for all these guys that went to live golf and people saying, oh, golf's being torn apart. I think this is great. Good versus bad. I think this potentially brings golf to a whole other stratosphere it never thought it had in it. So with with that, and uh, we're having a little bit of uh, an issue here with, uh, with Theo's connection. We'll get him caught up here. Uh, I think that that, Stone, makes it, the biggest sports story of the weekend, the uh, the the Masters going good versus bad, and bad nearly coming out on top over good. Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, final group coming down to the final couple of holes. That is good sports theater. It was the biggest event of the sports weekend because it was an answer we were waiting for for almost a year now, or a little over a year now, because you had a guy in Brooks who's ranked 118th in the world golf ranking. You had a guy in Phil Mickelson who's ranked, I think, 425th in the world golf rankings. And then Patrick Reed, who's ranked like 70, 80th. So for all this time since the live line was divided, we've needed an answer. Can these guys still compete? Are they still worthy of playing with guys like Rom, like Roy? We got that answer. That's why it's the biggest story. You had Roy shooting five over and not even making the cut. And you had his villain, Phil, shoot eight under on the tournament. And go in second place. Who's ranked 425th in the world. So when you have these guys that you call the mouthpiece talking about, yeah, well, we shouldn't give them the world golf rankings. Yeah, well, they shouldn't even be able to compete. It's like, well, you had three guys who were in contention to win this damn thing that you don't see on a regular basis anymore. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. But I do think it becomes the biggest story because we were waiting so long to get an answer. And we finally got it. And it's not the answer that the higher majority of people wanted oh, to yeah, see. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. The majority wanted to see these guys flame out so they could continue to right. carry the pitchfork and say, get these guys out of the majors. They don't deserve to be there. They made their financial decision to take the dirty Saudi money, and they don't get the world golf points, uh, world golf ranking points. They, they don't get any of that stuff. They don't play 72 holes, so they shouldn't compete in the majors. That's not golf. Well, it turns out these guys still got it. Weird, right? Weird how that happens. And it totally, it totally crushes this narrative that if live golfers are included in majors, it's not the best golfers in the world. Majors should be competed for by the best in the world. Nope. It's pretty true after this Masters now that some of the best of the world are still in live golf and deserve every right to be playing for a U.S. Open Championship, playing for the Open Championship, playing for the PGA Championship, and playing for the Masters. Good versus bad. John Rahm coming up with the win. Biggest story of the sports weekend. What is your biggest story of the sports weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. What is the biggest story of the sports weekend? The biggest story of the sports weekend to you? 888-760-3776. Theo, where are you headed with this? You, uh, you've been ill the last couple of days. You've been holed up at home. You've been observing. Uh, you have been, been consumed by sports. What, what was your biggest sports story of the weekend? 
It's easy, easily the implosion of the Minnesota Timberwolves somehow in a winning effort on the final day of the NBA season. I I loved every single second of it just as a, a fan of the NBA, a fan of good basketball, and what Anthony Edwards did down the stretch was amazing, but also just a fan of drama, and Stone and I have raved about this. Ken, I know you love the drama as well, like – Rudy Gobert punching out uh, Kyle Anderson. Well, not punching out, but punching him in the shoulder in the middle of a, a conversation in, uh, during the second quarter. Uh, a quarter before that, you have their best perimeter defender, Jaden McDaniels, punching a hole in the wall and breaking his fist, and now he's out for the season. Like <laughs> These just incredible theatrics in which even when the Minnesota Timberwolves do a good thing and win to keep themselves in a chance for a single elimination into the playoffs, they also lose their best perimeter defender, possibly – they're thinking about suspending Rudy Gobert now for a game because if he punches Kyle Anderson in a huddle and then gets sent home, it's just incredible that a, a team like that, a franchise like that, can't get out of its own way. And it still just looks magnificent. Like, I, 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 I got to say, free Anthony Edwards, man. Like, it, it's crazy what's going on in Minnesota. So, you may recall the Minnesota Timberwolves are the team that celebrated like they won the NBA championship <laughs> after they won the play-in last year over the Clippers to get themselves into the actual field for the NBA playoffs. And now, they're destined for the play-in again so they can have similar heroics in Minneapolis. Now... The thing is, Rudy Gobert, the Timberwolves gave up about $9 billion draft picks from uh, uh, to, to acquire him from Utah. Rudy Gobert, who has really become a punchline, he has not had a real good season. He's certainly not an NBA Defensive Player of the Year form any longer. And so yesterday in the huddle, uh, he, he punches, legitimately punches his teammate, Kyle Anderson, on the final day of the season as everybody's preparing for the playoffs. And so... Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, it's not just breaking trade news. It's not just breaking draft picks. No, no, no. Woj on SportsCenter breaking down the intricacies of the conversation that led to Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson in the Timberwolves huddle yesterday. You know, I'm told that the back and forth was about uh, first uh, Anderson telling Rudy Gobert, hey, grab why don't you block some shots? Gobert telling him, uh, why don't you grab a rebound? And then it escalated from there. You know. <laughs> oh, I love it. So that's the paraphrase version. I do know, and I'm no great lip reader, okay? But I do know, Theo, that uh, there was a, uh, uh, th what came out of Kyle Anderson's mouth that preceded the punch from Rudy Gobert, a yes. word um, <laughs> a word that starts with B and then rhymes with Mitch. Came yes. out of his mouth. Yes. Uh, and then the punch came. The whole thing is hilarious. It's absolutely hysterical. And I say more of that because there even was a Clippers uh, altercation, physical altercation as well yesterday on the final day of the season. I'm all for more fist fighting in the NBA huddle. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, I'm more punching walls, <laughs> ending your year right before the playoffs start. More pushing and shoving. I like that NBA. There were some guys feeling the pressure yesterday. It's crazy, and it's also amazing that we actually have the McDaniels punch on TV. Like, there were cameras on him. So we got to watch and all of this And he immediately punches the wall. Anybody who's ever punched <laughs> yeah, a wall like, knows, too. Like, oh, God, I regret that. Jaden McDaniels immediately <laughs> – he, he's on television. You can see it. He's being followed. The camera's following him down the tunnel. He's angry. He punches the wall with his right hand and immediately goes, oh, oh, starts shaking his hand. <laughs> Anybody who's ever punched a wall like a dumbass knows that it's a dumbass decision as soon as it's happened, and it just so happened that it ruined this guy's postseason. Glorious. It ruined their postseason. It ruins, again, just the very fabric of chemistry that is left, maybe whatever thread is left there in Minnesota. And also now these guys have to wake up and play a winner-takes-all game to get into the uh, playoffs, and guess who they have to go up LeBron! against? LeBron! LeBron! LeBron and Anthony. James and Anthony. How do you get – you know who it would have been great to have against a team with LeBron James is maybe one of the top five, top seven perimeter defenders in the NBA. But instead he, uh, he took his punching. anger out on the wall. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is – that is a bad idea. Yeah. I, I think the best part about it all is you have a Minnesota Timberwolves team that we all see as the joke, that we're all ready to laugh at. And it's like, hey, guys, just hold it together because we're ready to pounce on you guys and make fun of you. They didn't even try to hide it. Like <laughs> They just showed that they're the biggest dumpster fire that the NBA has to offer right now. Um, real quick, what is the biggest injury, the most significant injury, Stone, you've suffered in anger? 
<laughs> it's actually funny we're talking about this. So have you I, punched a wall so, to a point of... he's punched a wall. Yeah, so, no so, doubt. So, so put his head through a drywall. I've suffered a hairline fracture in my knuckles from throwing a punch. It, it wasn't too long ago. It was probably six, seven years ago, right before I went off to college. Okay. Brother antagonizing me, getting me to the point where he knows he can get me. Yeah, I, I threw a nice little right hook at him. Well, hit him in the hip, hit him right in that hip bone. And I fractured both Wait, of my... Wait, you punched him in the hip? What were you going for, a oh kidney punch? God. What were you doing? I think it's one of those numbers where you're you're leaning in to throw a punch and you close your eyes and you just lose where you're going. And I ended up making contact with his hip, hairline fracture in my knuckles. So very similar to oh Jaden. Oh, my God. Very similar to Jaden Daniels. McDaniels. By the way, Stone's brother, who just decided on a whim, hey, I'm going to run a marathon, and then did it. So he's really? not what not anyone to be trifled with. <laughs> right. Uh, Thea, what about you? Have you ever injured yourself in anger? I actually cannot recall the time I've had a serious injury in anger. Like, I, I've hit a couple walls, not strong enough, because I always pull back. Like, something has always kept me from going all the way out. So, no, I don't have any fun stories. I definitely didn't, didn't swing at any hips. Nothing um, in your rec league basketball team, your rec league basketball league? Nothing? Nothing got feisty and physical? It gets feisty, man, but, you know, I, I settle that on the court, man. I let my play do the oh, talk. That's God. why I'm a rec league champion in Lake Worth. Talk to me now. Hey, is it Lake Worth Beach now, right, Ken, or is it Lake Worth still? Uh, what's the, what's Lake, proper, Lake Worth is, it, is fine. You can go either Lake one. Worth is fine? Yeah. Either way, I'm a champion there, and I think I'm still the reigning champion because the league hasn't started back up. So once I lace them back up, maybe I'll defend my crown like the Warriors are trying to do this year. I'm an idiot, and I, I cracked my big toenail in half in high school uh, kicking a concrete wall. I just kicked a wall. That's even Gosh. stupider than punching it. I think it is stupider than punching it. That's worse. Because I, it's a little more childish, actually. It actually, kicking is significantly kicking more childish. Like if you're if you're a kid and you're at a certain age, you stop kicking, right? Like you kick shins in anger when you're in like first or second grade, but then you mature to throwing punches at some point, right around third or fourth grade. Yeah. Kicking something is so childish. You're right. You don't walk up to somebody on the street and you're trying to send a message. You're like, take that. And you kick him in the shin or the knee. Because uh, nobody, I don't know anybody who can successfully pull off like a kickboxing roundhouse kick. Uh, I don't know anybody like that. That's Neither the only time that that would, be, that would be acceptable. Maybe Dean Thomas. Yeah. So I shin kicked a wall in high school. And cracked my toenail in half. And then I injured somebody out of anger. We were oh. sledding, and my sister and I, I was eight, nine years old. My sister was seven. I, out of frustration, because we were sharing one of those saucer sleds, and it was made of metal, and I had a frustration because she wouldn't stop complaining. I slid it down to where she was at the bottom of the hill, hit her right in the mouth, cracked her tooth. Oh, God. Greg, Joyce, oh not happy. With your boy, no more allowance. Happen. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough rough scene in the Levicka <laughs> household in suburban Chicago. What is the biggest story of the sports weekend, and what's the biggest injury you've suffered out of anger? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. And it's funny you mentioned your brother Stone because I had my best friend growing up, Mike. He punched his older brother and broke his hand. But it was like straight down his wrist into his his forearm, like a pure boxer's fracture oh, yeah. right there. Um, biggest story of the sports weekend, and what is the most significant injury you've suffered out of anger? 888-760-3776. I suppose this could, in a Venn diagram, overlap with tales of dumbass injuries. 888-760-3776. Let's go to the phones. And kicking us off on the phones here on this Monday is Zach in Fort Pierce. Zach's on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Zach. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Hey, I was just calling. I was listening to you earlier talking about the Masters. Yep. And I'll have to say, I haven't heard this show in a while. And I was I was inter interested in joining in today and hearing about what your all thoughts were. And, of course, you guys led with it. <laughs> and uh, I was I was rooting for Team Live. So, okay, so uh, why was, is that, Zach? Good. Where does that come from? Because I found myself doing the same, and not because I'm pro-Saudi or pro-human rights violations or anything like that. It's because it's this constant pylon of these dudes who I'm sure don't give two dams about geopolitical stances. They want their money. They want to get paid. Harold Werner III, there was a feature on him in the Washington Post uh, before the Masters started where he said, listen, 
my health was failing. I've got a foot issue. I need to make my money now because I came from nothing. And this is my chance at generational wealth. I can't knock that. That's why I found myself sort of back in the live golfers and the masters. Why, why, why did you find yourself doing that? I'm 100% right there with you. And that matter of fact, I was going to bring up that story, you know, to, you know, solidify why a lot of these guys, you know, left is, you know, it was a great opportunity and, you know, Harold Varner, you know, hit, hit the nail on the head for his reasons. But, you know, on the flip side, I don't know if any one of you guys on the show have actually tuned in to watch live, but a few weeks ago, me and my father and my brother, which actually played semi-pro golf at one point after his college career, we were all watching uh, when they're in Tucson, and it was actually enjoyable. You know, they only play three days of golf, and they get to you know win as a team. You know, a lot of us have played in foursome, so it's kind of cool to see the format that you can win as a team versus you know you can also win as an individual. But we thought it was kind of fun on the, some of the holes. They were playing country music and rap and rock and roll, <laughs> like different holes. So I thought it was it was almost like being at the bear trap. You know, it was it wasn't every hole, but it was some featured holes. So sure. and I kind of think it's great for, you know, just something else to attend and watch. Yeah, no, and, and I appreciate the call, Zach. Now, for me, like, I just, I can't bring myself, I don't really bring myself to watch the secondary PGA Tour tournaments as it is. I'm not going three days of live, but Stone, I know you have carved out time because you're the biggest sports nerd here. Uh, you've carved out time to watch plenty of live. Yeah, the broadcast is fine. I remember watching it on YouTube when it first kicked off, and then the CW now. And and I think for me, as somebody who is so tied to social media, when I see a clip, let's say Dustin Johnson albatrosses, right, from mm-hmm. 234 out, like I'm going to tune in and see if yeah. Dustin follows that up. And, and because they're so hip with the social media and posting the clips so fast, Liv, I think they do a slightly better job than the PJ Tour does. Yeah, it makes me tune in. It makes me watch. Like There are more narratives, more storylines of a guy playing loose golf. So, yeah, it's something that I've tuned into. I don't mind the broadcast. I don't think any of it is is any better or any worse. To be honest with you, the tour should be ashamed of how they handled this Masters coverage up until yesterday. I mean, on Saturday, we're watching Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods play golf while Brooks and Rahm are duking it out for the lead. Well, that's not the PGA, though. That's ESPN. That's CBS. That's the, the Masters well, get it together. partners. Get it together. So to each their own, right? If you're going to say that this one's better than that, well, go ahead and, and check it out because it wasn't any better than the CW coverage or the YouTube coverage that the Live gets. Hey, amateur golfers, those of you who just hack it around on weekends, also a good reason to watch Live is because you always feel like you could beat Pat Perez in match play. Hey, hey. Uh, what, what is the biggest story of the sports weekend, and what is a dumb injury you suffered out of anger? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Good versus bad is good. That's why Yankees versus Red Sox was good before the Red Sox took over as the new Yankees and became their own evil empire and started winning at all times. And you can't feel bad for Boston fans anymore, no matter how many times they want to try and pull sympathy out of you for their sports plight. Sorry, that ship has sailed. But prior to that, prior to 2004, good versus bad, Red Sox versus Yankees is why it was so good for baseball. Drove up numbers. It's why the the NFL, it's always going to pull great TV numbers, but it is going to miss the Patriots with Tom Brady because anybody who played the Patriots, it was good versus bad. Good versus bad is good. Good versus bad sells, and golf fans don't want to admit it, I don't think, but PGA Tour versus Live is good, and the longer Live lasts, the longer Live survives, that is good for the sport of golf. That's why Brooks Kepka nearly winning the Masters, hanging in there with John Rahm, had the lead going into the final round, Phil Mickelson in the top five. That is a good thing for golf. PGA versus Liv is good. What was the biggest story of the sports weekend, and what is a dumb injury you suffered out of anger? Shout out Jaden McDaniels, punching walls, ending his postseason for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go back to the Treasure Coast. Port St. Lucie, it's Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Ken, how you doing? Good, man. Love the show. Appreciate loved, you. You, loved your call on FAU. And Thank you. Glad to have a great sports show down here because we moved down here from New York. So definitely the Timberwolves thing is just, 
idiotic and I can't see them going anywhere. No. But I used to play a lot of fast pitch softball on the, in the Northeast and we traveled and I was playing, I was a player manager and I went berserk over a call and yelling at the umpire, I proceeded to take bats. I thought I was, uh, you know, getting dramatic, take the bats out of the bat bag and throw them on the field. But it, I nailed my catcher right in the mouth and it cost me about Three hundred dollars to fix his mouth because I, yeah, it was wasn't a good look at all. And thankfully, the guy didn't beat the hell out of me, you know. But uh, I think that was pretty. Oh my pretty god! Stupid. So did you? Oh, yeah. What was it? Was it like a one-handed toss where the bat just starts like spiraling and caught him right in the in the mouth? I I just was taking him out with the you know the top of the bat, and he was sitting behind me on the bench, and the bat bag was like on, on front of the bench. And I just nailed him right in the mouth. Oh, not my a, God. Not, yeah, it was, wasn't a real good look. Really didn't make him happy. Cost me some money. and <laughs> You know, but, but that's life. You know, you're, it's one thing. My, my son still makes fun of me because I coached him in every sport growing up. He's 24 now. Yeah. And he, is, he has seen me tell a kid, hey, listen, run after that ball like it's a meatball. Don't worry about it. He's seen me throw my charts on the floor he seen me bang the thing against my head he goes dad you're crazy he says i don't think you should really do this because you scare the kids but that's a joke because i <laughs> take them all out for dinners at the end there of you the go. year yeah. it's like kids you know. it's worth the but it's you, worth the fright we're going to get pizza after the season's over there you okay go. it's all there good you go. jeff appreciate right. you and good man fixing that dude's mouth as well because that that is that's my i'll, I'll break bones i'll do that stuff but the thought of having like teeth broken oh. and things like that I don't Man. think there's anything worse than that, to be quite honest. That's as bad as Mouth pain is the worst pain. The yeah. worst pain. Uh, now, what's not good either is foot and ankle pain. And if you're experiencing mm. that, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash orthocare. So much stuff went on over the weekend. We're letting you pick the biggest sports story of the weekend and also tell us what your dumbest injury out of anger was. We're all a family here. We can own up to it. No judgment. I mean, Jeff just admitted he hit his own friend with a bat while he was angry at a softball game. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. He's still in the bandwidth. Friday Night Lights. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Theo, I need to tell you, and I've been to plenty of sporting events. I've seen some great things. I've seen championships won. But a top five most electric in-person viewing experience in my sports life happened yesterday. Mm. Watching UD go for 24 (laughs) in his final regular season game. In fact, the play of the game yesterday... My boy E. Reed, Valley Sports, Florida. This transition, UD starting the break to Duncan, back to UD alley-oop throwdown. That's one of the single greatest things that I have seen in person in my entire sports existence. Here's E. Reed as UD throws it down. Cole Carter-Williams, pass deflected, stolen away by Caleb Martin. Here he comes. Duncan, back to you, Dallas. I mean, that's one of the biggest sports stories of the weekend, in my opinion, is what UD did. He was three off of his career high yesterday in his final game. He was trying to pull a Kobe. Uh, how can he retire <laughs> at this point? I kept thinking I kept thinking during the game, Udonis needs to be in the playoff rotation. Forget, forget walking away from the sport. 
this guy probably should have played more this year. Can he shoots three pointers like a forty-two year old man at a <laughs> Just gym, chucking him at the wall. Like what? What the heck? I I know he's been in the NBA far too long for his form to look like <laughs> again. He looks like a forty-two-year-old guy at LA Fitness who's been getting up and down the court. Uh, a half, a half, uh, a shirt. I want to call it a shirt, not the other term, uh, the undershirt, uh, and just going up and down the court, sloggily, druggingly, and and he was nailing. Didn't he hit like three three-pointers? He had three threes yesterday. It horrible, but it went in. It was amazing to see. <laughs> Twenty-four points, fifty-three percent from the field. Hit three threes, twenty-four points, three off his his career high, and he does it in his final. Final game at 42 years old at the tail end of year number 20. It was an absolute sight to behold yesterday. Uh, and I ended up going and uh, shout out Ed Sasso, president, EDS Air Conditioning, my guys, Ed, my guy. Awesome hanging out with him and his son yesterday uh, down uh, down at the Heat game. But that was one of the wildest things I've ever seen with my two own eyes at a sporting event. Can you guess, Ken, and Thea, what his point prop was going into the game? How oh, much they projected man. him to score? One and a half? Let's go. I'm going six. Three and a half oh, is what man. it was before the game. So that wasn't the line. That was his point total. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the line that you had to bet on. No, so, but I'm saying the line for the game. It wasn't yeah, yeah. like the Heat three and a half point favorites. That's. Udonis, how much is he going to score? Yeah, I was I was going to ask you, what were you expecting going into this game? For uh, here we get a hearty ovation to come on the floor, jog around for a little bit, maybe chuck up an elbow jumper, and then <laughs> exit the game. And that was about it. Instead, the dude played damn near 20 minutes. He played almost the entire first quarter. And so it was funny how all this came about because... 25 uh, minutes. Uh, 25 minutes. Never mind. 25 <laughs> minutes yesterday, okay? So, so... He shot seven threes. He shot seven threes. He was three of seven from beyond the arc yesterday. They won big, too. Uh, Duncan Robinson, what did he shoot from three yesterday? Let's just double-check that because he missed, like, his first four threes yesterday. So there's a legitimate chance UD shot better than Duncan Robinson from three yesterday. Yeah, Duncan was 3'11 from beyond the arc. <laughs> right. Duncan Robinson was 3 of 11 from three. Udonis Haslam was 4 of 7 from beyond the arc yesterday. 25 minutes of action for UD yesterday. And there were times where he was jogging up and down the floor, and I kept telling Ed, I'm like, oh, man, Udonis is winded. Spoh is going to get him out. And then he just stayed on the floor. I'm like, wait, that's just how he runs at 42. That's just he just it. <laughs> looks like he's lumbering and dying every single step. That's just how he runs right um, now. Um, but but so so the magic or poverty, by the way, I mean, just absolutely horrific with what they throw out there in a regular season finale, especially. OK, so it looked like initially and UD came in off the bench and the reason spoke brought him in off the bench was so that he could get a proper ovation every time he came in, came out, all that stuff. Didn't want him starting. He have that lost in the, the starting five ovation at, uh, at the arena. So UD comes on. His first shot, you could tell the Magic were sort of like, hey, you know, get what you want. Like they were trying to extend the olive branch to UD, like this will be a good moment. So really awful defense along the baseline. Let UD turn the corner, and he blows a wide-open reverse layup. So you're like, ah, oh, well, good effort, UD. Good effort. Good effort. Then UD starts spotting up from mid-range. That baseline jumper, that like 15, 16 footer that's always been his bread and butter. It's cash. Knocks that down. Elbow jumper. Knocks that down. Gets in the lane. One-handed push shot. Knocks that down. Next thing you know, the heater in the front court, UD spotting up from the right wing for three. Mm. Bang. Mm. I was like, what is happening right now? This can't be real. I look up. UD's got 13 points. He's running the break. He's throwing down alley-oops, which was the most electric thing I've seen in that arena in the last six, seven years in person. That was incredible what UD did yesterday. I mean, maybe. Spo, think about it. Maybe. You can't find a role for this dude on the floor in the rotation in the playoffs. Come on, man. Come on. Has anybody hey, checked Smith on? Or Udonis Haslam? Just, you know. Was, has anybody checked on Evan Cohen? Has anybody checked his heart I rate? I saw him tweeting during the game, <laughs> and then I don't know if he actually survived anybody, the rest of the game. I mean, a guy like that, for him to have to mourn the second retirement of Tom Brady, he deserved last night. He deserved last night after, after just in 365 days having to mourn two retirements of his favorite player of all time, his second favorite athlete of all time, Udonis Haslam, going off in the Heat season finale and in a Heat win. I just know he's probably, like, uncontrollable today. He scored 20. 
24 points. Six minutes into Udinese Haslam's final game. Six minutes of him on the floor in his final game. He already had more points than Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce did their final games scoring combined. Oh, I know you dug that up. Yeah. A little Celtics hate. I love that. Yeah, it's too easy. It's always. <laughs> By the way, when they when the Heat dispose of the Hawks, Celtics fans, mm. get ready. It's on. They're nervous. So hard. Who's nervous? nervous? Any team in the Those East Celtics should be nervous. nervous. Any team in the East should be nervous. Uh, biggest story of the sports weekend, 888-760-3776. UD is absolutely up there. UD going for 24, hitting three threes yesterday, is absolutely up there. What is your biggest story of the sports weekend? Maybe it is the Masters. Maybe it is the final day of the NBA season. Perhaps it's the UFC. Maybe it's Tiger-centric. 888-760-3776. And again, tweet at us at KLV1063. What is your biggest sports story of the weekend? And I mentioned I was hanging out with Ed Sasso, the president, EDS. And man, that dude has a company that just takes care of you. It's not just air conditioning. They also handle your plumbing needs as well. But uh, this time of year, you have allergies. You're like, oh, the pollen outside. Oh, it's really getting to me. It's part of being in the summer here in South Florida. Allergies act up. But sometimes the problem is actually in your home. The outside area is cleaner than what's in your home. All that stuff gets trapped in your ducts, get tra- gets trapped in the confines of your house, and it exacerbates the problem. Right now at EDS, a free indoor air quality assessment, plus say $500 on their air purification bundle. Air in the home, as I said, can be just as dirty, if not more so, than what's outside, especially in the summer months. Increased pollen, dust, airborne pollutant particles, bacteria and viruses. People breathe this air every day and night, especially when you're sleeping. It can wreak havoc with you and your health. The air purification systems from RGF, such as the Remy Halo, can help reduce and eliminate these pollutants, leaving you breathing fresh, clean air. You can get these right through EDS air conditioning. Eliminate airborne and surface bacteria and viruses, including COVID-19. Eliminate odors in your home. Reduce mold and mildew. Remove harmful pollution particles in your home. With the Remy Halo, EDS is an RGF black label dealer. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. Not just your AC. It also is for the air quality in your home. They are always taking care of you and they are making appointment schedules around you, not holding you hostage. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. That's EDS air conditioning. When we come back, more of the biggest stories of the sports weekend. We're also in a dog bleep Monday. Wait for it as well. Not to mention, Stone, we won a battle over the weekend. This radio show won a battle over the weekend. We'll reveal what happened. It played out on social media. Right now, we're rolling. This show's never been better, damn it. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Nothing but dubs for Ken Levick Alive. We're just winning. We're winning. And by the way, football fans, just because... We're still a couple of weeks from the draft, and it's the NFL offseason. Here locally, Palm Beach County Treasure Coast, you're winning. There's football right in your own backyard. Palm Beach, Capos, Stone, tell them about them. Yeah, I consider the Capos the offseason home team. For us here in Palm Beach County, the Capos are the newest adult semi-professional football team, and they're back, Ken, and they're better than ever. The Palm Beach Capos are part of a local competitive league with a slate of 12 games. They're now two and three on the season. Took took a big loss Saturday. Took a big it's loss. All right. It's all right. You live and learn. To the South Florida Browns. Only Brow- can make them better. I know. Uh, uh, Broward County. These guys came out to play. All right. Okay, so two and three on the season, but still got a few more home games left. They play all their home games at Wellington High School. So anytime they're there, there's one coming up in a few weeks. Come hang out with me. Come hang out with the rest of the ESPN West Palm team. But here's what I really want you to do. I want you to go follow all of these guys on social media. That's at Palm Beach Capo. C-A-P-O-S. If there's any more information you need and you don't feel like hitting me up, go to the website, palmbeachcapos.com. Palm Beach Capos trying to bounce back. And I assure you in this league, there's no better home field advantage than Wellington High School. Not at all. That place rules. It's beautiful. That's right. Um, 
Theo, are you aware of the uh, of the Ken Levicka versus Barstool Bussin' with the Boys podcast battle that ensued last week? I've been I've been seeing some stuff. Obviously, I, I divert my attention away from most barstool antics, but when it involves Ken Levick alive, I make sure I tune in and and I've seen the uh, the one upsmanship that you've been delivering. Yeah. Uh, day after day against those guys. Yeah. So um so Will Compton busting with the boys, former NFL linebacker. Uh, he does the podcast with Taylor Luan, formerly of the Titans, right? Yes. Uh, Pro Bowl offensive lineman, and so uh, Will Compton he had some he had some things to say about the NCAA tournament. His overall point was uh, college football, it's so much better than college basketball because in the college basketball tournament, anybody could potentially win the championship game. Anybody, even a school like like FAU, a nine seed, and they're in the final four. It's like they're failing, 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 and then you get into this wide, vast <laughs> tournament, and they, 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 they end up getting hot. Uh, let's let's hear a little bit of a blurb, and then Stone, after he's done, cut it off, because I know this is all interconnected here. But here's, here's Will Compton, uh, really misinformed, uh, bad, uh, daft take on the NCAA tournament and, and Florida Atlantic. Like, we're not watching the best of the best compete in the finals. Like, it's like FAU had a shot. It's like somebody who fails all year long, and just because they pass their finals test at the end of the year means they're in the running for valedictorian. Uh, so that was really stupid. Like, that's just brainlessly uh, asinine. He didn't know what he was talking about. Well, he didn't, and so I called him out on it. I called him out on, what was this, Tuesday or Wednesday, Stone? What day was this? I think it was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. It was, uh, you know, it's it's tough. I sometimes forget when I, you know, because it happens almost daily when I have to own people <laughs> right. uh, on this microphone. But um, this was this was me responding to that. Right here on Ken Levick Alive. So, <laughs> welcome to the most brain-dead sports take that you're going to find in 2023. That. Uh, did, I, did I hear him say that you can fail your way into the Final Four that's, when talking about FAU? Is, is that what I heard? Florida no. Atlantic went 35-4 and four this year. And the consensus is not only underseeded, but grossly, embarrassingly, incompetently underseeded in the NCAA tournament. Florida Atlantic played in a top 10 conference in America. We're a Ken Palm top 30 team from the middle of December on. But... Sorry, Will Compton, who clearly didn't watch, read, know anything about college basketball until the NCAA tournament came around and maybe even the Final Four came around. Please go off and tell me about how the NCAA tournament, it's just not good and college basketball sucks because anyone can win it. And your poster child for that is nine-seed FAU, who went 35-4 and but failed their way into a championship position, losing four games. Will, you don't know ball, and you should probably stay away from talking ball. But congratulations to you. You using Florida Atlantic Conference USA champions, Conference USA tournament champions, East Regional champions at Madison Square Garden. Got to the final four, beaten by a buzzer beater. 35 wins more than any team in college basketball this year. Even the mighty UConn couldn't accomplish that. Congrats on having the worst single sports take of 2023 on April 6th. Give him an applause. Moronic take, jackass <laughs> take, imbecilic take. The epitome of dumbassery is what... Will Compton's opinion of the NCAA tournament is. And what I want you to do, Stone, is post that to social media after the show and tag him. We want beef! That is damn electric radio right there, if it I is. say so myself, Theo. I so, mean, Ken, did you, are you proud of the applause or are you ashamed of it? I, I, the way that you called it out, I was a little confused. No, 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 no. I was very proud of it. It's the most sarcastic applause I've ever given to anybody. And I think I it translated it. well over the air. So, I liked it, yes. So, so we put that out. And Stone put together a very well-constructed video. He did exactly as I asked. Right after the show, he put together a video with that rant. Me having to correct Will Compton is probably the most mature way to put it. And he tagged him. Stone tagged him not once, twice, three times, but six times. Okay? And this weekend, Will Compton 
finally, and I said it late last week, as long as he, if uh, we can shake hands, we can be cool, we can be broadcast boys if he just owns it. But don't be weak. Don't be soft. Don't just ignore it, Will. Understand that you were wrong and own it. Eat it. I would do the same thing. I'll have great respect for you if you just eat it. Well, Saturday, hanging out with the kids a little bit, get a notification on my phone. I had set Will Compton to come up on my phone on Twitter just in case, (laughs) just in case, because I was curious there was going to be an acknowledgement coming. A man in Will Compton, who, by the way, gets paid a million dollars, maybe even more so from Jack Link's. The Beef Jerky Company for his Busting with the Boys Barstool podcast. That man felt so much heat from your boy that he acknowledged he was wrong. Here's the tweet, Theo. FAU's been coming at me recently for my brain-dead take on the success of their season. I'd like to apologize for not acknowledging how dominant they were in Conference USA. I should have congratulated them on finally having a successful sports season. So it was a little bit backhanded. Yeah, he, he threw the backhand at the end. A little backhand, but also an <laughs> acknowledgement Also an acknowledgement of it. And he posted the video, which meant your boy going viral big time over the weekend. And then he followed up with a tweet, that's on me, at KLV1063. So you know what? Even though if it was, a, even though it's a little backhanded, even though it's a little backhanded, you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. And by the way, Will, who's based out of Nashville, right? Based out of Tennessee. Yes. Um, uh, I Lane Kiffin won championships at FAU, not Tennessee. Wouldn't stay more than a year at Tennessee. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm. Um, but Will, I said that I would give you great respect if you acknowledged, if you owned it, how wrong you were, how dumb you sounded. I don't think you're a dumb guy. I think you sounded very dumb. And so for that, for that acknowledgement on social media, and I do appreciate you putting out Stone's very good work, um, uh, repurposing it and and eating it, owning it, and taking the abuse from the people that listen to your Bustin' with the Boys Barstool podcast, we're straight. We're good. It's a win for the boys, Ken. It's a win. It's a win, right? 620,000 people saw this post. Over a couple hundred replied. I mean, and they gave it to them. They, they laid it all and on And what I'll Will. say, Theo, is, is we, this show, we stood our ground, and we submitted Will Compton into an acknowledgement that he was wrong. I think that's a significant step for this show because you know what it means, Theo? It means we, we wield power. Mm-hmm. That's right. And this is stand your ground state, so you guys did what you're supposed to do. That's right. I think Tennessee probably is too. Yikes. Um, also, too, I feel like I have an apology in order for Theo. This is the first time that he's been here since uh, since really well the final four. The first time he's been on the show, but something Definitely. went unaddressed the week of the final four Uh-oh. when Theo and I were together that I need to I need to acknowledge and I uh, I need to uh, to address with uh, with Theo. We'll do that when we come back. It's also a dog bleep Monday. Also, Twitter trash, Twitter treasure with Theo Dorsey. We're busy. We're jammed. We're packed. Hang in with us, won't you? you got nothing better to do on a Monday. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.